Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Two, two and two, two one, two and two, two and two and two, testing, testing, two, two, two. It's always Facebook that's a problem, isn't it? Um, right then. Uh, clearly, the um, the team, the 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 uh, the technical team haven't set things up properly, and I'll be having words with them presently. Um, on yes, working good. There we go. There we go. I fixed it. I fixed it. Not entirely sure what I did then. Is it a different? Anyway, I'm not going to touch anything. It might be that my microphone's a bit wobbly, but that is, you know, no need for that, is there? Right. Okay. Good. Well, that was a good start. Um, to be honest, I'm not sure how much of a difference it will make having the microphone. <laughs> but anyway, no, come on. We've got some good questions tonight. Let's let's um, let's just get into them, shall we? Come on, let's 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 kick off with this one right here. Do we offer calf implants? Um, short answer and long answer. Clearly, I'm going to do the long answer, aren't I? I'm not going to do the short one. It's a third of my questions, mate. Um, well, I'll do the short ones first. No, 
No, we don't. Now, I, I know what you're saying. You're going to be going, yeah, but hold on a minute. I thought you were a breast and body contouring expert. Calf's body. It's a leg, isn't it? Why don't you do calf? Now, I do say that we do breast and body contouring, but just between you and me, well, I was going to say that's pretty much breast and tummy tuck, basically. The majority of the work is breast and tummy tuck. There is body in terms of, I, I guess, there's thigh lifts and arm lifts, I guess, with the two are the two sort of body things. Um, but in terms of other body contouring, particularly buttocks and calves, uh, I don't do those things. So um, we won't stray into the buttocks. We'll keep with the calves. I don't do calf implants. And the reason I don't do uh, calf implants, Bex, you've asked a question. I can see that. I've eyeballed it. I've registered it. And I will come to it. All right. Yeah. I'm a pro, so I can register the question and still carry on going with the last question as if nothing's ever happened. Um, what they teach you in media, you know, RADA. Yeah. Um, oh, God. What was I talking about? <laughs> yeah, calf implants, wasn't it? So I don't do them. Um, oh, God. What? <laughs> because I, um, yeah, I mean, first of all, it's not that common request. Second of all, it, the, uh, well, I guess the one reason it's not that common a request is because not that many, you know, there's not that much bigger problem for many people, but it is a problem for some people. But the thing about car, anytime there's a bit of a niche thing, you got to think, why is it not more popular? And calf implants is difficult because you've got, you're putting it over the muscle and the muscles moving all the time. You know, your gastrocnemius, those, you know, those two muscles you've got on the back of your calves um, and it's moving all the time. And so there's a risk of displacement. Um, obviously, you can have a scar there because you have to have a scar to put them in. Um, so it has got a complication rate. And to be quite honest with you, I'm going to be honest now. I don't do it because it's a niche thing. It's not big numbers. And I don't feel comfortable doing niche things that I haven't really done a lot of. Fact, I think some people are sort of these early adopters and we need them. I mean, let's face it, we need the early adopters who will try things and, and take on new techniques and, and maybe trying to gain experience. I mean, it's the only way you're going to gain experience, isn't it, by doing doing things. But I haven't got experience of it, and I, I can't see me starting. Simple as that. Maybe that's the answer. I, I'm not saying it's good or bad. We don't really get many uh, calls for it, and I don't really want to start at this time of my life going to try and... Um, learn it i have done some fat grafting to the calf but that's you know the technique of fat grafting i'm familiar with that's for someone who needed to build it up a bit but um actually worked really well Sur surprisingly i mean i would i would i gotta be admit i think i think the patient knows i was quite surprised at how well it did work um but that is my view on it and i don't really have uh, a huge experience so i don't really want to delve into it that's the that's the reality of it um, calf implants are done in the world and I'm sure there are people out there who get great results so I guess yeah I guess I'm saying if you want a calf implant I'm probably not the guy to come to um, and I don't even know who to who to suggest to be honest with you I don't know who does do it I'm sure there's someone out there who is 
the early adopter type who does these sorts of things and um you know that is that that sort of i think it's a personality type really and it's not mine so yeah yeah i that's but we have got questions coming live bex has said do we have ent doctors there no bex we don't we don't have ent uh, why do you ask bex so in terms of plastic surgery there is a bit of crossover in terms of specialties who do stuff and certainly ent do quite a lot of cosmetic surgery so cosmetic surgery is a sort of catch-all uh, term for um for a lot of the operations that certainly i do um it's not really a defined subspecialty of surgery um and certain and certainly ent surgeons will do a lot of things which are cosmetic surgery in terms of prominent ears rhinoplasties i guess is the big one so nose jobs it's you know the two big categories of surgeons who do that are ent surgeons and plastic surgeons um but uh but we don't really do noses, uh, Bex. We don't really do noses, so we do breast. As I say, breast and and body is our, is the uh, is the is the areas that we really focus on. So um, thank goodness for that. We got some um, questions on the uh, Facebook as well. Thank God. Oh, Bex has got. I've, I've got a problem. Oh, sorry, Facebook. Katie, I'm with you. I'm with you. I've registered. Uh, I have. I mean, Bex, you've got. Your name is Bex Sleeves by Dr. Ergit. I mean, we why don't the people out there have, you know, Sandra breasts by Dr. JJ as a name? I haven't got anyone I don't, that I'm aware of with a name with my name in it. Um, I have a problem with my with I have a problem with my heartbeat sound in my right ear for some years now, but it's all day, every day now. Okay. Crumbs, that's um yeah, that's yeah, that's full on ENT, isn't it, Bex? Full on. That's one hundred and ten percent ENT. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Bex. I'm not again. Oh God, I'm not doing well tonight, aren't I? Calf implants, heartbeat sounds in your ears. Not for me, Bex. I don't know about that one. GP, I guess, will be the first port of call, and then um, I, mean, I get that sometimes when I'm sleeping. You do it now. You get it a bit, don't you? Actually, no, I'm not getting it, but I do get it when I'm sleeping sometimes. But um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, Bex. I'm pretty useless to you on that one. Um, oh, I can like. I like you. Oh, God. Report, comment. No, I don't want to report. Oh, God, remove. No, I don't want to remove you. Oh, God. I'm going to do that again. Right. Katie Bailey. How long are compression garments worn after belt? Yeah, all the time. That. I've got to be honest, Bex, things like tinnitus, which is more of the ringing, ringing side, can be so debilitating. And I, pit, I thought pity, pity is the wrong word, but I feel sorry for you. That's the same as pity. Anyway, I've, yeah, you get the point. Yeah. It's pulsatile tinnitus. Oh, my God. Look, here we go. Bex, we've actually got, I'm going to like that as well. We've got a, we've got an, uh, we've got a diagnosis on that this is what we need. People getting together. Yeah. Bex is pulsatile tinnitus, oh, question mark. So it might be pulsatile tinnitus, Bex. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's a mind of its own. What's the treatment of pulsatile tinnitus? Anyone on there, anyone know about the treatment of pulsatile tinnitus? This is the nirvana. When you get to be a facilitator, you don't actually have to, you know, I'll be a facilitator. I'll get people on here who know what they're on about, and then I'll facilitate. 
So who knows about Pulse Toltec? I think the trail's gone dead. Okay, well, perhaps we can pick up the Pulse Toltinitus um, later. But yeah, it's all the time. I'm liking things left, right, and center. Anyway, okay, we're going to move on to Facebook. It could be, my, oh my God, it could be my cortical artery. Cortical artery. Do you mean cortical? Is that something? Okay. Beck's cortical artery is playing up. I kind of like that. They're calling for me. Do they not know? Carotid. Oh, I know carotid. I know that. Different etiologies. We're getting technical. I, I'm going to ignore that because I think you can't hear it. Um, Bex, I think a medical professional would be advised at this stage. Um, would be my advice on that. And um, yeah, carotid artery. Right. Okay. Well, that's. I'm out of my depths. I'm out of my depths. Yeah, carotid artery, neck. I knew that. I knew that, Bex. I did know that. Uh, right. Let's move. Let's move. Um, how long are compression garments worn after belt lipectomy, please? Right. Thank you for starting that one, Bex. That was a good one. BP elevated TFTs, arterial stenosis. Wish I'd thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you're taking notes, Bex. BP elevated TFTs, arterial stenosis. Listen, you, you, you two should, you know, connect, yeah? Um, so how long, so Katie, first point with this sort of question, how long are compression garments worn after belt lipectomy is always talk to your surgeon because they're a funny bunch, those surgeons, and they've all got their own little thing. Steady now. Um, Terry's going to see me tomorrow. Terry, I can't wait. Um, so do what your surgeon says. Because if your surgeon says something, do what they said, don't do what I say. Because at the end of the day, I don't know what you've done. And I certainly haven't. Have I? Have I done it? I don't think I've done it. If I've done it, then I'll tell you didn't do what I've said. But I don't think I've done it. So, you know, do what your surgeon says, because they're, they, they often have their own sort of, well, they always pretty much have their own regimes. In general terms, in my practice, and as I say, everyone's different. I would go with compression garments for comfort. And I actually call them support garments more than... Instagram's gone crazy. This is probably the most interaction I've had on Instagram. I think I can safely say. Not that Facebook's not being interactive, because it is, but Instagram's gone crazy. I've lost, it's gone, it's scrolled. Anyway, how, um, so torture, so, so in my practice, I talk about garments as being supportive rather than compression, because I don't want to take it off and then you go, oh, thank God for that, and sort of breathe a sigh of relief. So you've got to be a little bit careful with your garments that you're not too too tight. They've got to be supportive and they've got to be helpful. I normally say to people about four to six weeks, about a month, basically, day and night. After that time, see how you go. That doesn't mean you have to stop after that time because often people want to carry on wearing it. The swelling normally starts to settle at about three months. But I think it's quite a big deal to say to you, you've got to wear the compression garment for three months. So I normally compromise it about four to six weeks and then say, see how you feel. And you maybe don't have to wear it at night and you don't have to wear it all the time in the day. But maybe if you're doing stuff, you might want to wear it in case things will swell because they will continue to swell for a few months afterwards. So 
do that that's my that's my my regime i say four to six weeks and then listen to your body and if it hurts or swells go back and wear it if you don't want to wear it fine the other thing if they are uncomfortable and the fact you're asking the question might mean that it's a bit uncomfortable or something so if it is a bit uncomfortable then you can wear big pants again for me i, I let people wear big pants uh, big supportive um underwear um uh, sort of what, what's it called um, figure huggy and figure control or something control isn't it i don't know, I don't know. anyway something control like you know hold your tummy in tight pants anyway um but a belt lipectomy is a big deal katie so these questions probably should be directed to your surgeon because a belt lipectomy is a big deal I am going to get back to Instagram to see what's going on, but I'm quite happy it's all just going because I think it's good. You know, when you get when you get comments, I think that means um, does it mean you get more? I don't know viewers or something. Does it? I don't know. Anyway, I'm not sure. Um, how successful are? That's my armchair social media um, knowledge. How successful are scar treatments? Scar was formed from a cut a few years ago on wrist, two inches long, approx. Depriving, deciding if to go private or NHS. So, Oksana, what I would say is, first of all, if, if you're deciding to go NHS or private, it's usually the same sort of stuff that gets done at both. The only thing is whether the NHS would treat you. So if the NHS will treat you, it's, I would go with the NHS if they'll treat you, uh, particularly if the scar was caused sort of by them if it was a surgery you had done on the nhs but um they might not because if it's cosmetic and you haven't got any functional problems then they might not treat you so um the scar treatments are i would say perhaps not as successful as people often think people often think that we can get rid of scars now no one can get rid of scars doesn't matter who you are no one's going to get rid of your scar for you so if you, if you come to the clinic and say look i've got this scar and i don't like it it's like right mm. so there's got to be a specific issue and there are some specific issues that we can help with so um cut on the wrist two inches long it's quite long so the sort of issues i'm thinking are is uh, a few years ago so that's good so you really want to be waiting about a year number one after a scar before you even think about having some some kind of treatments for it. Um, there are things we can do to help them mature and that's usually involves moisturizing and massaging them. If they're red and lumpy, we can think about silicone if they're a problem scar. So we can think about these sorts of things that within the first year, but really you want the scar to mature. Once the scar's matured, then you wanna look at um, what the issue is with it. So is the issue that it's raised, is it dented? Is it um, tight if it's across your wrist? Is it affecting your movement? Uh, is it red? You know, is there a specific problem that you don't like? Because then we can think about whether we can help you. Because if it's just the fact that there's a scar there, it's unlikely that we'll be able to help you because it, anything we do, certainly surgeons, is going to create more scarring. There are things you can do to try and maximize the maturation of the scar to make it fade in color and and uh, soften over time but once it's sort of faded and once it's soft it's pretty limited as to what you can do and most of the things that we do as surgeons creates more scar tissue so we can change the scar from one scar to another scar you'll still have a scar but uh, it might be that we can give you a better scar particularly on the wrist is the things like if it's um 
crossing the joint. So if it's crossing the joint and affecting the movement, then we can change this car and put a zigzag in it so it doesn't sort of cross directly over the joint like that. Um, common scars on the wrist are this way. Um, so those scars, and they're often associated with self-harm, very difficult slash impossible to do anything about, to be honest with you. Um, it, they're, they're all, and a lot of people, they want to sort of get rid of them. No one can get rid of them. Uh, they're always going to be there. And often, two inches, yeah. I mean, often they're quite pale and they sort of look. So it's pretty limited. Sometimes they're a bit stretched. Might be possible to maybe revise it and hope it's a bit less stretched. But in my experience, often it stretches again and it might be sort of marginally better. Um, so difficult to answer that question without a little bit more on it. But I would say, Oksana, um, it is a challenging thing. Scar revision is a challenging thing and are perhaps not as successful as the general public think. They think, go to, oh, here we go. Oh, look, we got, oh, hold on a minute, I've lost. Is it from DSH? Yeah, deliberate self-harm, I don't know if it is, but um, camouflage, yeah. Often, um, actually, good point, often P. Tracy, often um, camouflage makeup is actually the best um, for scars. And it might sound a bit naff, but uh, coming from a surgeon trying to dodge it, but actually camouflage makeup can, um, you know, like um, uh, often the, you get this sort of thick makeup, like they're using sort of actors and things, you know, to, to cover scars. That's often the best, similarly with tattoos. Um, but from a surgical point of view, it is very hard to, to improve scars, unless there's a specific problem, as I say, tethered, lumpy, dented, funny line you know um if it's in a, in a funny orientation good question this is going well isn't it um jackie well should i i'll do jackie and then i'm going to go and see what's going on in instagram because it's all gone, gone, gone mental um use white tattoo for that reason i had a hold on a minute what's going on here i had a what do we get camouflage with white star tattoos i had tattoo on my wrist scar but you can still see the white line use white tattoo for that reason Okay, um, Oksana, white tattoo. Yeah, white tattoo. So you can white. Certainly, you can like if you have. A, you can tattoo. Well, there you go. You can tattoo scar. I have lost control of this, haven't I? I've lost control. So yeah, you can color if if it's sort of losing its pigment. Um, often we do. Um, tattooing usually it's things like areolas and things so from the stuff that i do I'll do a lot of breasts so uh, if there's an areola tattoo you, uh, an areola scar that's unfavorable um, you can tattoo it but looking at this white tattoo I, I, i've got to be honest i'm a little bit out of my depth on the white tattoo don't really know what that is white tattoo is that if you've got a red scar you can white tattoo it can you make it less white if, if the scar's a bit red Maybe, because sometimes scars can go actually more white than the normal skin. But again, a little bit away from my um, comfort zone here. Um, anyway, um, Lorena is in the house. Good to see you, Lorena. Good to see you. I was a bit worried there wasn't enough questions, but we've got a lot. The, the activity, Lorena, is absolutely electric here tonight. Um I'm going to have a look back to see. Um, right. Should I do Jackie or should I? I'm going to do. 
I'm going to do Jackie. So Jackie, is it always the case that you'll be left with a much deeper scar after having necrotic tissue removed? Yes. One word answer, Jackie, yes. So necrotic tissue is basically dead tissue. Necrotic's a nasty word, isn't it? But basically it just means dead. So if you're going to have dead tissue removed, that's going to remove a volume of tissue, whether that be skin and fat, <clears throat> fat, connective tissue, underlying tissue, that's going to remove a volume of tissue. Um, whether you have that necrotic tissue removed or the it just heals. So it forms a scab and then heals. So if a wound heals with a scab, um, you could call that necrotic tissue. You know, it, sound, it sounds quite emotive, the word necrotic, but basically, as I say, it just means dead tissue. And you are going to have a deeper scar than you would have had if, if, if that tissue hadn't died. So yes, you are. Um, there's going to be a defect in that, and that's going to potentially give you more issues in terms of uh, the look of the scar, the width of the scar, and potential tethering to the underlying structures. But I would say, Jackie, don't write it off. Often when you do get problems with necrosis and things, it turns out a lot better than you would think. It can look bad at the time because there's a black scab and all that. But a year later or something, it can often soften and settle pretty well. So don't be too negative on it. But specifically, will it be, be, will it be a deeper scar? Yes is the answer to that one word answer. Um, Fifi, is, isn't vitamin E oil at 70,000 it or above good for scars? I don't know, Fifi. Um, oh, are you international units? Is it okay? I don't know, Fifi. I'm not sure of any evidence for that, Fifi. What I normally say is moisturize and massage. I'm not sure of any evidence to say that one thing's better than another thing. Some people do say vitamin E is good. Some people say aloe vera. Some people say aqueous cream. Some people say Nivea, whatever, you know, any sort of moisturizer. For me, it's more the moisturize uh, and the massage. I'm not sure of any evidence to say that one's better than another, but there are people out there who rate vitamin E. Um, and what I would say to you is use something that works for you and the moisturizing and the massage is good. Um, usually leave it about six weeks for it to start to heal properly, but massaging it um, with a moisturizer can be good. But I'm not sure specifically about vitamin E oil at 70,000 units or above. I'm not sure about that, uh, Fifi. I'm not sure if there's evidence for that, but it doesn't mean it's not, it just means I don't know. Thank you, says Oksana. Donna, I'm aware that there's stuff going on Instagram. Donna, also stop smoking before surgery to reduce scarring and enhance recovery. Donna, you should be on the payroll, my friend absolutely right um not a suggestion it's almost a definite you should most certainly stop smoking because necro when you're using terms like necrosis that goes hand in hand with smoking don't want to have a go at smokers no problem with smokers but significantly increasing your risk of necrosis and poor wound healing in smokers so absolutely donna you're absolutely right smoking is a huge issue for us as plastic surgeons because we're offering close often closing things tight and if those tight things don't heal up properly ping push nobody wants that jackie's having honey impregnated dressings but not working honey is a really good dressing jackie it's a really good dressing you say it's not working maybe it's just time you know it takes ages for necrotic wounds to heal absolutely ages carol long time no see no question how are you where are you up to where are you how are you doing? Give my love to everyone who knows me. Leafy, thanks. And stop vaping too. Yes, we got this. This is a facility. Yes, stop vaping too. Stop smoking first, but vaping definitely. Right, what's I'm gonna try and go back about a million years on 
Instagram. Where did I get to? Arterial stenosis, we did that. I will see you tomorrow, we did that. Had gastric sleeve, could this have made it worse? I don't know, Bex. You can use CBT sound therapy. Well, I have used Botox at 2612. Now, I just, just for those viewers who are not as on it as I am, it's hard to believe. What we're talking about here, I think, what we're talking about, oh, yeah, we're talking about the pulsatile tinnitus, I think. Use Botox at 2612. Oh, P. Tracy been sleeved. Could it have been made worse losing four stone? I'm not sure, Bex. JJ, do you do finance? I had my quote, but I'm struggling for money and I don't want to go back to Turkey. Um, breast reduction. Bex, I don't know. Because a lot of the stuff we're doing is in Liverpool now. And I don't know if, I don't know, Bex, I should know this. I, I think it, certainly when, when, when I work, the hospitals, the, the BMI and the Circle now and the Park um, and the Spire, they do do finance. Um, I don't know, Bex. Amy will tell you. Amy, do we do finance? Can you let Bex know <laughs> on Instagram? Maybe let her know tomorrow. Um, Amy's probably gone, isn't she? Um, doubt it with weight loss. Can be extremely distressing. And some use transcranial magnetic stimulation. If one ear, try Botox at 2, 6, and 12 o'clock. Wow, this is what we need. Pulsatile tinnitus expert. What are the chances of a pulsatile tinnitus expert being in the house when I get the pulsatile tinnitus question? Um, yes, one ear, right one. I've had it for years, which I've coped with, but now it's 24 7 constant. Is the scar from DSH? That was the other one. Camouflage white tattoos. I had a tattoo on my wrist scar, but you can still see the white line. Use white tattoo for that reason. It's not medical tattooing, it's more like a small fashion statement especially for multiple DSH scars. Well, that's good to know because I don't really have anything for multiple DSH, uh, uh, multiple self-harm scars. It's a real problem. And, oh, look, Rene, look at that. Asset do offer finance. Yes, Bex, we do offer finance. Yeah, we do. Amy's on it. Amy knows. Um, what can I do about my tailbone? After a lot of fat loss, I'm in a lot of pain sitting, as in thin skin, like a bed sore. What? You sure you haven't in, injured it, Bex? Because sometimes you can injure the, the tailbone, the coccyx, coccyx, as we call it. Um, it's unusual to have that pain when you're like a bed sore. That's unusual because um, when, you, when, you, when you're sitting, you're sitting in different places. You're sitting on your, your, your um, ischial tuberosities. You're not sitting on your coccyx. But it's sort of, anyway... Bex, I'm a little bit, you're asking me stuff out of my depth, I'm afraid. Um, it's a difficult one. Ping Bosch. Um, do you advise anoxaparin injections after breast reductions? Um, I do. It depends on how long you stay in hospital. Leah Collins. Now, to be honest with you, these days we're getting people home quicker and doing hospital less. So I don't do anoxaparin. Anoxaparin viewers, by the way, is... Um, is uh, a blood thinner to stop the risk of blood clots. So very good to reduce the risk of DVT. Now, DVT is due to immobility. So the sooner you're up and about, the better. So nowadays, we're getting people up and about and actually getting discharging people from hospital sooner. Early mobilization is reducing the risk of DVT. So for me, that's the most important thing, early mobilization. There's lots of other things we do to reduce DVTs, which is those TED stockings you have, Floatron boots, which blow up your calves, and the heparin or the anoxaparin. Uh, 
but I would only use anoxaparin for people who are going to maybe perhaps be in a bit longer, particularly things like tummy tucks, which has increased the risk of DVT. So often with a breast reduction, you're home same day. If it's a bigger breast reduction, you're staying overnight, then yes, I would give you some anoxaparin. The problem with anoxaparin is it does reduce, increase your risk of bleeding in terms of hematoma, but it reduces your risk of DVT. From the balance of probability, I'm more right about DVT than hematoma, so I do use it on people who are staying in for longer operations. But uh, tummy tuck's the classic one. Breast reduction's often not. Sometimes, yes, if you're staying in and staying in hospital for longer, but often not. But I would encourage you to get up and move and move about. Oh, God, I keep on reporting the comments. Sorry. Um, I'm not actually reporting the comments. It's asking me if I want to report them. Amy, I'm here. Um, Bex, Amy's on Facebook. Um, but she can, she, yeah. Bex, JJ, I'm in Leicestershire. Do you have surgery in this area, breast reduction? No, it is in um most of it these days bex is in liverpool most of it i do have very small lists here around here um but most of it's up in liverpool up in asset hospital most of it try not to work at loads of hospitals you know i want to just work at well, ideally one to be honest with you for many years i just want to work at one but it's difficult when you just you know need to well i've always i usually work at a couple just of the workload and getting data spaces is there anything i need to do to prepare for my tt in december corinne i don't need to tell you to be positive uh, but i do believe that is a really important stay positive you don't smoke which is great stay fit stay healthy and um we'll we'll look after you corinne you know that moving afterwards and and um and all that um but nothing particularly apart from positive mental attitude can't you build your own Bex? You're not the first person to have said that. I could build my own, but I cannot stand the thought of the stress, Bex. My life is hard enough. Look at this face. Look at what this has been through. I cannot stand the thought of managing a hospital with the air supply and the backup generators and the gases and the... Can't stand it, Bex. Can't stand it. Um, so yeah, I've uh, discounted the can't you build your own thing. Got to be honest. Um, can vitamin deficiency affect healing after surgery? Yes, it can. Alison Lashmar was Etherington. Yes, it can. Now it would have to be pretty significant vitamin deficiency, like scurvy. Um, if you're having a normal balanced diet, then it shouldn't. But in principle, yes, you have to have a normal balanced diet. You have to not only vitamins, protein, you know, you have to stay healthy and have a healthy balanced diet. And I think that is important after surgery. Um, but I don't necessarily think you need to take extra vitamins because of that. I think it can be achieved with a normal balanced diet. But um, but if you know you've got a vitamin deficiency, it'd be worth addressing that before having surgery. Faux show. Um your own little building doing your own so Bex I've thought about it on a dream about it going to my own place every day going to the same place same team I mean it's so nice when I get to my clinic it's like home we've got Amy we've got Vicky we've got Sally we've got Johnny they're all these aren't they um we've got Nicola mm, Nicola but anyway you know it's just such a nice nice place and I'd love to be doing it all there but um can't it's 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 a no it's a no from me just because of the stress can't wait for you to work your magic and jj counting the days already look at that that's 
Did you see that? I need to show that on Facebook. Corin, can you go on Facebook and post that? <laughs> Joking, of course. Um, right. Um, what we got, Charlotte, what she got for me. Cancer and implants slash placement of implants. Make your breasts be brought closer together to give better cleavage. I've got 450 under the muscle, but they look too natural, not the size I wanted. My anatomy means I don't have very tight, close together cleavage. Nice, 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 nice. Right, Charlotte. The way I would address this question is that people often worry. I mean, the cleavage is the area that we really focus on when we're doing implants. We, I say we, I, you know, I really would focus on the cleavage area. I worry more about this than the laterally. I want to get them right immediately because that's what people are going to complain about if you don't get them right immediately. You have to get them where the breast is. So I always point out to people what their cleavage is like before you start because it's going to be the same afterwards, but enhanced. Having said that, if anyone's got a problem with a wide cleavage, if anyone has a complication of a wide cleavage, it's pretty much always when they're under the muscle and we haven't released the muscle enough. And that will give them make them sit wide and give you a wide cleavage. So can, so, but the way you've asked the question saying, can certain implant placement make your breast be brought close together? Now, the fact of the matter is, we aim to get the breasts, the cleavage, enhancing your natural cleavage, whether you put them over or under the muscle. So we aim to give you a really nice cleavage, whichever way you put them. So I'm not saying people who have them under the muscle have a worse cleavage than people who have it over the muscle. But you, the, there's a risk it could, be, it could be worse if we don't release that muscle enough. It's difficult releasing the muscle. It bleeds a lot. There's lots of big blood vessels there. So we've got to be really careful. And when you get these big blood vessels bleeding, it's like, oh, my God, the blood, you know, I don't want to touch it anymore because it's bleeding. And it's like, oh, God. So, you know, it is difficult when you're putting them under the muscle and you're getting that bleeding here immediately. Um, and so, but you've got to try and stay strong and say, I'm going to give this a proper cleavage because I've got to keep on going and make the, make the, make the, the medial aspect of the breast look good. So, I wouldn't say that none of the muscle will definitely give you a worse cleavage, but going under the muscle will, we have to work harder at the cleavage. And the idea is they look great wherever you put them. And if you need them under the muscle, like you've said, have you said that you're, you're quite slim? You know, if you are quite slim, then you then that's when you think about putting them under the muscle. Because obviously, if you say, well, in that case, I want them on top of the muscle because I want a better cleavage. If we then put them on top of the muscle and you get rippling, you see the muscle, see the implants, then we haven't done you any favours because there's obviously a reason that they were put under the muscle in the first place. So, yeah, it is a risk that they can be wide, the cleavage under the muscle, but it's not a definite. You can have them under the muscle and still have a good cleavage. I hope I'm, and you've said your anatomy means I don't have a very close together cleavage. Well, that's the thing that you've got to be aware of. Is it your anatomy that's the problem? If you've got breastbone here, sternum, and your natural breasts start quite wide, because some people start wide, some people start, you know, everyone's breasts start at different places, that's your anatomy. And we can't put the implant there when there isn't breast there, because you're definitely going to feel the edges. You might see the edges and it might not look good. So that's the thing to be aware of. That is it your anatomy rather than the placement of the implant? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's back um good question charlotte nice one what we got bex corin i'm looking at boob reduction i've had my quote from jj would you recommend jj i'm not saying anything bex but bex did you not see the corin's car 
can I can I point out to you, Bex Corin's comment? Can't wait for you to work your magic again, JJ. Counting the days already. Her words, not mine. Yeah, that's what we're up against. Yeah, right. Would you? What's what's Corin got? One million percent recommend. One Corin is one million percent recommending me. I had a reduction in December and back again this year for TT. You won't regret it. He's an incredible surgeon, and he is his team going on above. There you go. Right. Okay. That's got to be like. Oh God. I don't want to block it. Oh God. We've got to like that. Come on. Let's like the lot. Let's like the lot. Whew. Uh, thank you, Corin. Very good of you. And Corin is not on the payroll. Just to be clear, Corin is a real humanoid who is just like not. Can you believe it? That's brilliant. Thank you, Corin. Very kind of you. Um, Right, what, where are we? Um, Alison Lashmar was Etherington. I had gastric sleeve and some are low, but want tummy tuck, stroke, breast lift. Oh, vitamins. Yeah, well, you've got to be very careful, Alison Lashmar, after a, after bariatric surgery, and that, and you need to talk to your bariatric surgeon, and you you have got to be careful. And if you are requiring vitamins because of your bariatric surgery and your absorption of vitamins, then that's something that you want to get right first um, before you before you um, go for the um, breast lift and tummy tuck, because these are big operations with big wounds to heal. So you're very right to raise the issue. And uh, yes, you need to get your vitamins right. And that can be a problem with people who have had <clears throat> bariatric surgery in terms of the absorption. So uh, well, well brought up. Kelly Louise, JJ gave me a fantastic cleavage with replacing my unders that were 20 years old with overs. My cleavage is phenomenal. There you go. It's a bit, it's a bit, we're getting, it's a bit embarrassing. Right. Thank you, Kelly, for that. That's very kind of you to, to say that. Um, what? Um, what's say? Terry. I need oils. Recommend JJ. He's redoing mine. I need oils. Thanks for recommending me, Terry. And I'm seeing you tomorrow. I don't know about the I need oils bit. Just a genuine. You are, Corinne. Thank you very much. And thank you, Terry. Very kind. Um, we've got some wonderful, wonderful patients. I'm very grateful for that. Um, and Kelly, thank you. I can't like it on Facebook, but I would like that. I do like it. I do like the comment, even if I'm not liking it because I can't on this thing. I do like it. Just telling you that. I would reckon he's doing uh, redoing mine again. Terry, sorry. Is it a typo? Um, just... Two likes for the sorry comment, Terry. Nice. Um, what we got? Charlotte. JJ, very informative. I was thinking of going on top of the muscle. However, I'm slim and know there's a chance of rippling. What happens if you go from under to over the muscle? Are you left with a gaping pocket, if that makes sense? It does make sense, Charlotte. And no, you're not. You close the pocket, Charlotte. So, because that is one of the worries. It can slip back into the pocket. So if you're going from under the muscle to over the muscle, you, you close the pocket where it was. So you close the submuscular pocket down. You put stitches to, to, to sort of put the muscle back, if you like. Um, and then put the muscle, uh, put the implant on top of the uh, muscle. So yeah, um, that's yeah, it does make sense, and that's what happens. So it's perfectly reasonable to change the plane 
either way over to under under to over given the sort of um given the um issue so you're absolutely fine thank you alison god we're doing well i'm on my second question now do we offer treatment for wrinkles and acne scarring um no no i mean the, the this is so with that that's the non-surgical arena and i know what you're going to say i know you're going to say i need to get into this and people have been saying it for absolutely years that i need to be doing the non-surgical stuff and it's really good at sort of you know helping people and it's sort of the same sort of people who we we know and treat will benefit from this but it's just one of those things that i haven't really you know i focus on the thing that i do and i do breast i do surgery i do breast and body um so there are people out there who are focusing on the wrinkles and the acne scarring and the non-surgical treatments of stuff um and that's all they do you know i focusing on the breast and body contouring and that's all i do and so that's where i am i'm specializing in one area and i don't dabble there are definitely people out there who dabble who do a bit of everything they'll do breast they'll do face they'll do non-surgical they'll do this they'll do that um and that might be good because they might be able to treat the whole patient and there might be benefits and that might be great but bex bex needs a facelift i don't do facelifts so i don't do facelifts i don't do um nose no rhinoplasties um so turkey doctors yeah i i don't i just do i stay in my lane i stay in my lane i'm happy in my lane i don't want to stay out of my lane i don't want to do calf implants i don't want to do facelifts you know i've done them not calf implants but facelifts and i just don't um it, it's it's you know not from it's, it's quite a big long operation um and it's like you know I just don't want to carry on doing them so i um quite a while ago decided to niche down what i do and breast and body body being mainly tummies but also say thighs and arms uh, i do moles and skin lesions and things like that but um but that's sort of that's where i am i'm basically breast and and body um and bex needs a new body after your sleeve well that is the thing when you had a lot of weight loss alex is in the house good to see you too it's not two weeks, is it? Is that right? Blimey, O'Reilly. It seems like yesterday I saw you. Anyway, fine. Yeah, good. I can't wait, Alex. I'm counting the days. Um, right, what we got? I'll tell you what we got. Do we offer lipoma removal? Yes, we do. It's almost like, I think um, Amy was like looking at that. That's almost like advertising. Well, not the wrinkles and acne scarring. Do we offer lipoma removal? I mean, is that a question, Amy? Is that a question really? But anyway, I'm not knocking it because I know we were limited on the questions tonight, although the interaction has been out of this world. Um, yes, we offer lipoma removals. Lipomas are fatty lumps underneath the skin. They can, ex uh, they can occur in any part of the body and we remove them in pretty much any part of the body. Some parts of the body might be worried about it in terms of requiring a scan preoperatively, pre the neck, midline of the back, um you know there are some areas where i might think hold on a, a big one on the on the on the torso but we might be a bit worried and 
really want to scan to assess the depth of it but but I'm, di I'm i'm digressing the point is yes we do offer lipoma removals and we can remove lipomas pretty much anywhere uh, famous last words someone's going to come with a lipoma with some place that we think oh, we don't remove there but uh, pretty much anywhere well that was a turn i've got to be purely i was quite worried about tonight i thought i'm gonna have three questions i'm gonna be in and out in 10 minutes it's gonna be embarrassing like the old days when no one ever turned up but you have been amazing honestly um i tell you between bex and p tracy the, the two of you you just honestly the interaction fantastic can i say a massive thank you i'd like to like you i do like you so and i also like you on facebook very much i like you all very much I can't physically like you in terms of pressing the button because I, don't, I can physically like the Instagram people, but I can't physically like you. Uh, but I do like, I just want you all to know I like you. So um, can we just do a blanket? You know, I do like you. And I will be back here, same time, same place, seven o'clock next Tuesday, I think. Is anything happening next Tuesday? It's not holidays yet, is it? Well, we just had a holiday. God, need another holiday. Um, next tuesday seven o'clock be there bring bring the energy you bought today people bring that energy because that was i think i think we could all feel it and right now lie down antiques road trip is on the cards what a night doesn't get better than this my friend this is it we're at the we're at the pinnacle of life here i am gonna check myself out have i missed anything oh god i've missed stuff Alex, can't wait. Bex, my husband got run over and he broke his neck, C5, C6. And they put nuts and bolts in his neck and his scar is inverted. Is this normal? No. So if it's inverted, if it's sort of like um, tethered, if his scar's tethered, that's not normal. So that could be um, that could be fixed. Although, God, be honest with you, Bex, breaking his neck, C5. I mean, that's the thing. These surgeons, they've got other issues, haven't they? They're trying to fix your broken neck. I guess the quality of the scar is the last thing on their mind. But if his scar does bother him, then yes, he can see someone to try and get the scar improved, potentially. Um, if you want me to have a look back, so you can send me a photo and I can give you a view on it. Um, but uh, but yeah, he might want to say, look, I fixed my neck, you know. What a lovely interactive life. Thanks, Jesse, for the answers. As always, been a great one as well. To be honest with you, Corinne, I didn't feel like I did much tonight. I think it was other people. And that is the... That's the holy grail, isn't it? I just sit here and you all talk to each other. And I just sit here and facilitate. Yeah. Um, Bex, nice use of emojis. Terry's going to bring the oils. Terry, I don't know what you're on about oils. You're talking about predictive tests, but what is oil? What is predictive? What is predictive text? Oils predictive test for? Louise Mitchell has joined. And Louise, you'll have to see. Louise, you missed a call. Agavia, I'm not just saying this. You've missed a corker tonight. Bex and P. Tracy have been at it with white tattoos and pulsatile tinnitus. You heard me. Pulsatile tinnitus we've been talking about tonight. Um, and Bex's husband broke every bone in his body. So, Bex, I wouldn't be too worried about the, the inverted scar or the, or the tethered scar of his neck. I think I'll maybe quit. Uh, while he's, you know, while he, oh God, I keep on, I keep on almost cancelling you all. Um, I'm liking that he broke every bone in his body, but maybe likes the wrong term. I don't like that. I'm just liking the comment. Uh, Louise, I'll see you Friday. Can't wait. Uh, 
and I will it's coming up eight o'clock so I might get the auction of the last episode but I'll definitely get the next episode of the antiques road trip so I better get on to that um, and I will be here next week so love you big time Facebook pick up yourselves well done tonight stop the stream have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.